0: Hi everyone, and welcome to our next episode of the Rocky Mountain Myrick Short Takes on Suicide Prevention Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Hofberg, and today we're going to begin with a nice intro meditation of Tibetan singing bowls before we jump into today's episode. Well, folks, I'm really excited that we have John Ferguson on for today's episode. Uh, John is a veteran and a yoga instructor, and I want to let him introduce himself. So, welcome, John.
1: Thank you, Adam. I appreciate you having me here. It's uh, it's an honor. Um, I I am as you said, I am a veteran, and one of the things that I really want to do that I've been trying to do for the past three years is help my fellow veterans finding a path and a way out of PTS and dealing with all the anger. This started for me when I joined the Marine Corps in 1990. Um, I ended up retiring in 2010. I did two tours in Iraq and one tour in Afghanistan. And I I know firsthand of what PTS does and what it can do to us. The hard part is trying to find our way out. Um, My way out was through yoga, of all things. I never thought I'd get into yoga. Um, But it has led me to finding a way to reach out, extend my hand to my my fellow veterans in the area. And the results have been nothing short of amazing. As you heard in the beginning, we we started with the Tibetan bowl, And and really the Tibetan bowls have set it up to where the veterans can finally relax and release, which is a huge step. So my path is, for the past three years, is been teaching yoga Veterans
0: for free. Well, that's so amazing. And again, I want to thank you for being on the show today and sharing this with us because um, I know for myself, and I'm sure for many of our listeners, uh, this approach to healing after post traumatic stress may be somewhat novel or they may not know about it. So um, maybe we could begin, you know, with a little bit of background on what this approach looks like.
1: when I, was, when I retired in 2010, uh, I spent about four years in the darkness. I felt alone. I felt anger. I, I didn't understand what was going on. And not only I was suffering, but my family was suffering. So I finally figured I had to get out of it. So this really all kicked off with a friend of mine. He said, you should take a yoga class. And, and my first reaction is, the typical reaction I hear, even from the veterans now, my reaction was, no. I'm angry and you're going to twist me into a pretzel. That's not a great combination. After we talked about it and I finally got over myself and I realized something has got to be better than nothing because the path that I'm on right now is not going to end very well. So I I mustered up all the pride that I could. I decided to go into a yoga class and it was in that yoga class I experienced what's called Yoga Nidra and it's... It's really at the end of class where you're trying to shut down your brain. And just for a second, it wasn't a long time, it was about a second or two, and I actually had my mind focused in on one thing. And it was like a ton of bricks that hit me of saying, oh my goodness, I've got this power inside me that I can slow my brain down. Because typically veterans go to alcohol or drugs or whatever it is because we just want the the mind to slow down. But I found out through meditation that it can be done. So I took it a step further and I incorporated the Tibetan singing bowls in there. So the program really got built within my local VA of taking the bowls in and I would ask the veterans what they thought and how they felt about it. And then over the next couple of years, we developed a program to where you can meditate and you, for one time in your life, you will focus in on one thing and one thing only. So when you're able to focus the mind and relax the body, then you start getting into one of my favorite things. It's called neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is where the brain rewires itself. So a lot of doctors told me my medical conditions are permanent. There's nothing they can do about it. And my instantaneous reaction is, I'm going to find out what the answer is to this. You're not going to help me. That's fine. I will find it out myself. Through yoga, through meditation, I have found a way to start healing myself from my past. Um, at first, to take that idea in is a monster concept. It is very hard to actually think that you can do this without any form of medication. Um, so... I I believe it's meditation, not medication. is going to really help us get to the next step. So that's the approach that we've been taking for the past three years, and the results have been astronomical. Um, I've got Vietnam vets. I've got Afghan vets. I've got Iraq vets that are coming in in droves to listen to the bold and be taught how to meditate to slow the brain down. So I'm loving where I am right now. I'm happy on this path. And I'm, I wake up every morning going, I'm going to help a veteran today, and that's why I'm here.
0: Wonderful. And, you know, as much as possible, I hope this podcast can be a vehicle to help you get that message out because it, it is so important. And, I mean, I guess, um, you know, there's a lot of sort of uh, complementary integrated approaches to healing healing. And I'm just so curious about these bowls, these singing bowls that, you know, you were able to share with us and our listeners at the very beginning of the meditation. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the bowls themselves, sort of the path or history of um, Tibetan singing bowls? And um, you mentioned that it allows the body to sort of calm down and get into that state where you can then heal. And I'm wondering if you could just Talk us through like what, what's actually going on when your body hears these sounds.
1: What's happening is that as you walk throughout the day, let's just say you're walking down the, the road to the sidewalk, and you hear a loud noise and we react to it, or you hear somebody talking behind you, and we're, and we're constantly reacting to the sounds because these sounds, have, as we were on patrols or wherever we were, these were threatening noises. But when I incorporate the Tibetan singing bowls, they are an individual sound. So one bowl represents one sound. But when they're starting to play together, they um, harmonize. And they start to come up to a frequency where all of a sudden you have the brain, it's like a moth to a flame. Your brain just has to go and listen to the bowls. Because you don't only just hear them, you can feel the vibration. And in the beginning, for me, that was a, a weird concept. I'm going to feel the vibration. But even when we were young and you listen to very loud music at a concert, you could hear the music, the, the sound waves coming at you. So with the Tibetan bowls, you're doing the same thing, but you're focusing the brain. So each, each bowl, like I said, has a certain tone. But really, when they're all played in harmony, they create a new sound, and the brain just absolutely learns to shut down. You can't focus in on your past, the patrols and the rockets and the mortar attacks and, and whatever you were dealing with. Your brain literally just can't stop thinking about the bowls. And then after a while you'll notice that there is nothing else. You are just listening to bowls. And most of the time I I teach about typically about 50, 55 minutes with the Tibetan bowl. And to actually have people sitting down for 55 minutes in a chair, not moving, is is an amazing concept. But to have them coming out happy and smiling because they realized that they were able to let go, release, um, is an amazing thing. They come out with smiles on their faces, and it really is a rewarding experience because I know that they're working their way back to becoming healthy again.
0: Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Um, so you mentioned this program began at your local VA, and um, could you tell us a little bit about how you got off, got that off the ground and, and what that actually looks like?
1: Of course. I, was, I, went, I, I went to see a therapist at the local VA, and I was there as a patient. And she asked, you know, we talked about it, and she asked, you know, can we set up another appointment for a month from now? And I said, well, I'm I'm going down to take my yoga teacher training course. And she said, wow, you're, you're going to be teaching yoga? I said, yes, I'm going to be a yoga teacher. She said, well, I've got some veterans that are interested in yoga. I said, well, great. I'm going to be a yoga teacher looking for some students. So we started working together. I went down to, um, and I I did my teacher training and came back. And while at my teacher training, one of the instructors used a Tibetan bowl, and they just struck it once, and I was drawn to it. Like, this this is amazing. My mind stopped thinking about patrols and rockets and all the nonsense that we think about constantly. It was just the one thing, and I said, that's the answer. I've got to incorporate this. So I took... The verbal picture of yoga nidra that they teach you in teacher training, and I incorporated that with singing bowls to create this program. So when I came back, there was a, a group of veterans that were very interested in it. So I sat down with them, and we we slowly started to build this class. So basically, what it is is a veteran comes down to the the uh, conference room that we use. I set up the bowls. They sit down, and then I start to teach them how to. Tighten the body and release the muscles, because most of us are stuck in the sympathetic nervous system. Are we are in locked in fight or flight? And the way that people can tell if they're locked into fight or flight is that they have back pain, a lot of muscular back pain, and two, they are, don't sleep very well. They probably are awake between two to four in the morning. We don't know how to get back to sleep. So. Slowly but surely, I've been adding tools into the toolbox of these veterans to understand how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with anger, why we have anger, where that anger comes from, and we start to work towards healing. Now, one of the things that I've really talked to my veterans about is when we were kids, we were told, calm down, but we were never taught how to calm down. So what I'm doing is teaching these veterans on how to calm down so when you do go into a crowded area or you feel an anxiety attack is coming, I give them a three-minute trill to go through so they can get to a safe place. So they don't have to worry about having a meltdown in front of everybody. And then over time, it's, they're not going to worry about having a meltdown in front of everybody. They're able to get beyond that. And then they start to not have fights with their spouse, start to able to relive life, and then ultimately we get to the point where they're just happy all the time. And that's when you know you're really getting somewhere, when the veterans tell you, I feel better, I'm happy. These are emotions that some of them have been blocking out for 50 years, ever since Vietnam. And now that they're starting to experience that they've had this power inside of them, one of the questions I get a lot is, why didn't I know this about, about this before? Somebody should have taught me on how to control and slow myself down. So that's one of the powerful things that we have been doing um, through the classes that we've been given.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you touched on a couple things that I wanted to circle back with. One is just this idea that this isn't just for post-traumatic stress. This is, this is kind of cross-cutting. This is, this is something that can help with sleep with anxiety, with feeling down. Um and it it seems to be an interesting way that it's it's approaching this. Um, like you said, it's not medication and it's doing something with the way that we calm our body. And I just I find that fascinating, um, because you're right. We always want to calm down, we're told to calm down and having the right set of tools to actually be able to do that is, I mean, that's life-changing. And, you know, is there is there a story that you might be able to share of someone who's been a part of your groups that has really um, exemplified this technique? Well,
1: yes. One of my veterans, a um, Vietnam vet, um, a lot of trauma. He had a lot of trauma and we were meditating, and, and in the beginning, I was giving about a 30-minute class. So we started, and he started meditating, and all of a sudden, he, in his mind, he saw that he was in Tibet. And he went to this big building, a, a, a monastery, and he was talking with some local Tibetans. So that, that session ended, and, you know, we picked it up a week later, we came back and he picked up the same vision a week later in the next session that we had so he was at tibet and he was talking to his guru and he was learning about different things and then he and then we came out of that session so that was the second week the third week we came back picked it up again and he all of a sudden said he went back to tibet he was talking to his guru and then all of a sudden whoosh they're in vietnam and in vietnam he saw a prisoner of war there, and he wanted to help this prisoner of war, and the prisoner of war was saying, no, leave me alone, I don't want anything to do with you, just go away. And he, we, so at that 30, the 30-minute session ended, and he, he approached me, he said, you know, I'm having this reoccurring vision, and he, we talked about it. So we went to lunch. I said, you know, we need to sit down and talk. So we started talking. And he was very emotional, because he was really worried about this POW. And, and I told him, after he told me the full story, I said, you know what, that prisoner of war is you. You're holding yourself in Vietnam. You're not forgiving yourself. You are holding yourself back, and now is the time to address it. Go back and see if you can complete this circle. So he agreed we went in for the fourth week, and amazingly, he picked up the vision again. And this time, his guru that was with him in Tibet went with him to Vietnam. So he had a, he had a support unit with him there. And he went to the—he found the prisoner of war again, and he started talking to the prisoner of war. And then the prisoner of war said, I don't, I don't need anything. I, I, all I want you to do is take care of my family back in America. And he hugged, the, he hugged the POW while he was medicating. And he came out of it at the end of that fourth session, and he was in tears. But he finally, he looked at me and he said, I have finally let go. You're right. That prisoner of war was me holding myself in Vietnam. And now that I know what I have to do is, I just have to take care of my family here. So it was a it was a powerful event for me to know that through the Tibetan bowls, through the, um, through meditation, he was able to go back through his worst visions and stop holding himself prisoner and let that go. So it, it told me that it was really the first time I heard that these veterans are having these amazing stories. And since then, I, I, I continually hear more and more stories. But when they find a safe place, they know that I'm watching over them the whole entire time, they're able to go back to their worst memories and they start to work beyond those memories. So I know when they're really making progress is when they are able to go back to their childhood and remember these happy events. Because most of the time, if somebody asked me a positive thought, I couldn't come up with one. Nothing was positive. I was angry about everything. But when you're meditating and you're finally going back and you're releasing some of that negative energy and your anger, then all of a sudden the world becomes a whole lot better of a place. So when he told me that he had that vision four different times, I knew that this well, we were onto something. This—this this was going to be a huge help. And the best part is, there's zero side effects. There's no drug interactions. There, you're just sitting down and you're allowing the mind to heal itself.
0: Incredible. Yeah, it's incredible to me that, you know, these sounds, uh, these vibrations, this resonance can truly help people overcome their life challenges. And I'm just, you know, I'm in awe and also intrigued. And, uh, you know, again, I really appreciate you sharing that story.
1: One of the the things that comes to mind about this whole entire um, process that I'm going through is when we're in the military... Everybody talked about physical health. You know, you have to run faster, more push-ups, more pull-ups, whatever it is, in case you go off to combat and you have to do your thing. You have to be ready for it. But one of the things that we never did was we never tried mental health. So if I if I walk up to a veteran and say, well, what's physical health? Typically I get the answer of, you know, running, push-ups, and that kind of thing. And then I'd ask them, okay, what's your vision of mental health? One of the first things that I hear is, oh, you're, you're going to the flame farm. You're going to see the wizard. You're living to me. You're not there. But if you really stop and think about it, physical health, I need to keep the body healthy. But also, we need to keep the, the thing that drives the body, the mind, we need to keep that healthy. And when you use using meditation to allow the mind to calm down, relax, and focus, we can start taking the taboo feel of mental health and push it towards, I'm going to make my mind stronger, then I can make my body stronger, and as a whole being, I'm going to be a better person. So I really try to work at taking the stigma off mental health of, oh, I'm having a bad day, or I'm just depressed. That That's not what mental health should be considered. Mental health is, I'm going to try to make my mind healthy as I would my body through physical health.
2: Mm.
0: yeah, and clearly this this idea is taking hold, and many people are sort of embracing it and I remember when uh, we met we met back at the VA DoD suicide Prevention conference over in Nashville in 2019 and I remember kind of meeting you in person and hearing about how this is sort of gathering momentum and that you were actually even running some classes during the conference. Is, is that right?
1: That's correct. I was, I was lucky enough to be invited to the conference um, as as just a, as a veteran, but as a veteran that teaches yoga. And they, they wanted me to come so I could sort of offer this to other people. And I was, I was deeply honored as a lot of the fellow instructors there wanted to learn about really what's going on. Because like I said at the beginning, when you think about yoga, it's skinny women type pants doing things that most people can't do. But yoga really is ultimately, in the end of the day, the physical part is just to stretch the body so that way you can sit down and not have any pain. Because somewhere in your body, somewhere right now, something hurts. But if we get to the point where we stretch your body out and nothing hurts, then the real work starts to begin of allowing the mind to relax. So while I was at the conference, I, I met a lot of great people, and they were very interested in this, and they want this program to expand, uh, and that's what I'm in the process of really trying to do is to offer this nationwide to people. Uh, but it was just opening eyes of other people, because even the workers that were there, the VA employees, they're stressed out, and they need some help, because even the caretakers from the VA are getting secondhand PTS just by hearing our stories, they can tell that we're angry and upset. So coming to the conference was a a, a blessing, but the one thing that I really was, I was sort of surprised at that in the conference is everybody really wants to stop the suicide rate. They want to lower it, but nobody knows how to do that. We've got cognitive behavioral therapy, we've got group sessions, we've got a lot of key answers that are helping. But in my opinion, the next step is meditation, showing veterans how to meditate. So, when I start talking about this with other veterans, one well, of the first things I say is, thing, you know, I'm gonna, I'd like to introduce you to yoga, and I get, oh, that's, you know, I get a litany of answers to that. But when I tell them, hold on, I was a 20 year Marine, I did three combat tours, I faced what you faced with PTS, I still live with it, and I want to show you how I've come to a better place in my life. And then all of a sudden, all the stigma of, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, you haven't been there, that gets eliminated, and we get down to how to start fixing ourselves. So when I, when we have veteran-to-veteran talks, it's a lot easier because I know what they have what been through, they know what I've been through, and we just have a deeper bond than most doctors to a patient does so it allows me to talk to them and they open up with these amazing stories so it is it, it's it really the conference was a great launching point and i think that this is over time it's going to start reaching other veterans in the other part of america so they can experience this also
0: yeah it's, it's wonderful stuff and i'm so glad you mentioned this like Helping um, break down that initial sort of hesitance or or obstacle, that um, helping people just understand what really it is that you're doing and how yoga is an approach. And and like you said, it's not just about uh, twisting your body into a pretzel and 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 that you know you can do this in a way that. Even a veteran who may have sustained an injury or has, uh, you know, a physical impairment can still participate. And, I, and I'm wondering if you could just say a little bit more about how you make sure your program is adapted to, to work with veterans of all shapes, sizes, and abilities.
1: You use the perfect word adaptive. So when I went to teacher training, they told me the basics about yoga, and that was fantastic. And then I took another step, and I went back to the school, and I took adaptive yoga. And that really allowed me to work with somebody who's in a wheelchair or, and I can have a professional athlete in the same classroom, somebody in a wheelchair and a pro athlete and they'll both get something out of it because I can put somebody in a chair, I can adapt anything to whether it's missing a limb or if it, they don't have balance or whatever it is, no matter what ailment or challenges people are presented with, it can be adapted. So when yoga starts to become to the point where nobody's being left behind, then then they really start to get interested. Even my current class, I give a free class on Wednesday night, and I let a veteran and a spouse come, in, come together. And one of the beautiful things is I see husbands and wives or spouses together, and they're giggling about things, and they're laughing again. They're making a bond again. And I've got a couple, um, he's 86 and she's 84, and they really are understanding how to enjoy moving around again. Yes, they have some challenges. I just put them in a chair and allow them to move along with us. But to see the smiling faces at the end and knowing that no matter what challenge we have physically, it can be overcome then, then I get the whole package going of all the veterans are welcome and you don't have to be put off because I'm going to be doing these crazy poses. The poses are not really the goal. The idea is to stretch yourself out, get limber so I can have you lay down for 30 minutes and shut your brain down. Um, and then the last part is the, the 30 minutes shutting your brain down. It's called Yoga Nidra. And Nidra is is Sanskrit for sleep, that's all, it is at the end of class, you allow yourself after you're stretching to go to the next step of shutting the brain down, and that's really where I have extracted the yoga nidra out, and I have I teach a free class on Mondays and Fridays at my local um, um, VA clinic, and that's where it is 45 minutes to an hour, somewhere in there, of just the yoga nature. We're not, we can do chair. we're not trying to stretch out anymore, but we are addressing the biggest problem that we have is the mind. So the, the beautiful thing about yoga is it can be adapted for any body type, any challenge, any physical issue that you have, it can be worked around. So I hope when people start to look for a yoga studio and they're going to move forward with this idea, that they'll ask the teacher, do you have adaptive yoga pose training? And because I have whatever issue it may be, I have a this or I have that. And if the teacher can accommodate you and allow you to participate in a regular class, that's the kind of teacher that you want. And also the last part is ask for a teacher to make sure that they're teaching yoga nidra at the end. Because like I said, the yoga nidra really is the key for shutting the brain down.
0: Yeah, such an important uh, sort of philosophical approach. You know, again, I think many people may typically think of yoga as basically a workout program or, you know, and it's more than that. It's like you said, I'm really kind of taking that in, that you're stretching the body to get it comfortable enough so that you can then uh, comfortably sit or lie down through the meditation phase of the practice.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, One of the things that we veterans face is anger. And and a lot of my veterans tell me anger. And I say, yes, I 100% agree. I feel that because it, it, anger is a very easy emotion. And they say, well, why do we have anger? Anger is an emotion that doesn't take a lot of energy to produce. It's always there. I can get angry about anything. But when we start thinking about other emotions of forgiveness, happiness, That takes some work because we have to associate a positive thought with that. So for us, when we go on patrols or whatever it may be, anger was there because you had to utilize that energy to get you through the worst. So we're stuck literally in our primal state. We didn't need positive emotions to get us through the the patrol. We didn't need happiness or any of that. We just needed to get point A, point B, did the boss think we did a good job? Did we accomplish the mission? Good. So all of a sudden, we come back to America, and these emotions are not something that we can really attach with anymore, but we can easily attach with anger. Anger is a very easy emotion. It's right underneath the skin, and it can come out any time. But to come over anger is it was a very hard challenge for me. So I read one time in a book... That any time that you have a negative thought, you must oppose it with a positive thought. And, wow, I sat there for many minutes thinking, okay, I like that. That'd be nice if I could get rid of negative in my life. And then I thought, wow, I don't have a positive thought. It, it really took me a very long time. So I finally found one positive thought, and I and it was in my mind. I was like, that's beautiful, and it helped me through that day, and I actually felt better. But the next day, I I couldn't remember I couldn't remember my positive thoughts. So I had to go back and find another one. And then I realized I did this a couple times, so I started writing these down because I needed a little help to get a positive thought in my mind because I was surrounded by negative. And the negative was built by my own interactions with the world and how I interpreted things were going on because I was stuck in that parasympathetic nervous system. I was in that fight or flight. So I started writing them down, and over time, I have come up with 29 pages of, of positive thoughts. So I call it the power of positive. And so I, I introduced this to my veterans, and they said, this is great. You know, I can extract an idea, and I can start to work with it and really get something something to my life that's positive. And then over time, these past three years, I've been talking with veterans, and they've been sharing their experiences and their feelings, And it's led up to the point where I wrote a book. And the book is about my journey to find my my path of happiness, my healing. And now that I've got the book finished, um, it is, I just am able to hand it to a veteran and say, here, I understand what you're going through. And there's a lot of issues that we don't want to talk about, even with our doctors. You know, I'm angry all the time. Why? Why do I react? this way? Why am I doing this? Why do I not connect with my spouse anymore? Why am I angry at my kids? Why can't I go out outside of my house? We isolate ourselves in our house because nobody can get to us. We don't want to talk to people because we can't associate with them because they don't understand what we've been through. So through the book, I have been able to, I just started jotting down notes. Oh, this is what I feel today, or this is how I came over this. And now that it's almost finished, it is, I look back and go, oh, I can see how I've gotten from point A to point B, and I want to reach my hand out to every veteran that's struggling and say, I understand. Here, read this, get on this path, and I'll be glad to help you in any which way. One of the things that I'm the most proud of with this program is to date I've had four veterans come up to me and say, I have not committed suicide because of your class. And if I know that four people are still on this planet because I am, I reached out my hand and I'm helping them find their happy place, I know that this is effective and it's powerful.
0: John, that's just tremendous. And again, thank you so much. I, I feel like um, one of the things that that I really liked was the way you said it helped uh, some of the veterans reconnect with their spouses and and their partners and just kindling that that sort of. Uh, connection uh, just amazing um, and also i imagine within the class uh, the veterans can connect with each other as well
1: in the beginning i had you know five and, and now i'm up to like this past Wednesday I twenty three and it's amazing because not really too many people were talking you know hey I was in the army that kind of thing it was very superficial now it, it's a brotherhood and Brother and sister, it doesn't matter where you're served. It doesn't matter what you did, combat, not combat, you are male, female, gender, race, creed, color. It just doesn't matter. You, you face trauma, you're hurting, and we understand what you're going through. So now people come in a half an hour before the class just so they can catch up with their friends. Or they say, you know, what are you doing Friday? And then they spend evenings together. So all of a sudden you have this network of like-minded people that are facing the same problems, and they're close to you. So now we've got something that they can come to and socialize, joke around, and, and get a good laugh in class. And one of the things that I do in class, and I really enjoy it, is you know, all the branches always pick on each other. You know you, the, the Army, and the Navy, and the Marines, you, know, you always you poke each other. But it's always in jest and we always laugh about it because we know that when we were back with our buddies in the service, we were safe. So when we're in this room together, we are safe because we are together. So it allows people to not just open up physically and mentally, but we're reaching out and making new friends. And we know we've got more people around us that are also facing the same issues. So all of a sudden, we remove that I'm isolated. Nobody knows what I feel like. Then they move on, and they are a whole lot happier with life.
0: Excellent. And so, you know, the logical next step, and as you're talking about it, is like, how do we get this out to more people? You know, this is working. I'm working with my veterans. So what are sort of some some ways that you're helping scale this up and and get
1: the word out? Currently, um, the book, like I said, is almost complete. And I've got a website um, that's going to be up and it's going to be able to answer some questions. I'm going to attach with the book a recording of the Yoga Nidra. So I'm going to give it a a 30-minute session. So people in the beginning that really can't sit down, maybe they've got some injuries that don't allow them to sit down for a very long time. We'll start with 30. And then we'll work up to a 45-minute session. And then we move on to the 60-minute session. And I'm also going to include a recording that helps people go to sleep. And in the book, what it does is it takes a first individual and say, okay, here is my story. This is what I've gone through, and these are the symptoms that I have. And the reason that I explain it that way is because nine times out of ten, the veteran says, you have the same exact thing as I do. Wow, okay, and how do you get to the next point? And then the next thing is, I'm trying to do is I'm working with the VA to expand the program. Ultimately, what I'd love to do is have fellow veterans from other hospitals come. I would teach them how to do this, the Tibetan singing bowl, and then allow them to go back to their hospital and start to form their own groups and start working on meditation. So I think that this is a, a quite a big deal. Like I said, for the past three years, the results have been amazing. Um, and I think I'm just getting to the point where I can start to offer this nationwide of uh, reaching out to my fellow veterans and saying, one, you're not alone. Two, I understand. And three, let me show you how I've gotten from point A to point B.
0: Awesome. Yeah, well, um, like I said at the beginning, anything we can do with this podcast to help get that word out. And again, I thank you so much for sharing this this knowledge and this experience and you know, sharing your story to hopefully help other veterans. And wondering if you wanted to leave us with any parting thoughts before we uh, wind down this session with a, another round of the Tibetan singing bowls so that we can all experience this firsthand. I'm
1: glad to. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you um, what's called a three minute centering. So, when I was in my, my yoga class, learning how to become a yoga teacher, is the people there always told me to center it, and I didn't understand what they wanted from it. So I decided in true Marine Corps fashion, I used an acronym. So I took the word center, and I used the letter C-E-N-T-R, and it allows for a quick timeout for veterans. So it's about three minutes, and it takes you through on how to calm the mind down. And the beautiful thing is, You can do this anywhere. You can be standing in line and something loud, knowing happens and you start to work yourself up and it allows you to slow yourself down. So through this process that I'm just about to take you through, it will allow you to control yourself, control your emotions, slow down the anxiety. And if you listen to the words and you just allow yourself to focus in on the sound of the bowl, and allow your muscles to relax, It'll show you on how to slow down and it's very portable and it'll help you out. And this is one of the biggest tools that I give my veterans. And they, they tell me all the time that they use this because it just allows them to calm down and not have any problems with people around. Them. So I'll go ahead and start playing that three minutes now for you.
2: Start to center ourselves using the keyboard center. C. Focus in on as many details as you can, today self you are here, focus in on the time, today self you are now, you are here. out your hips and shoulders, make sure you're as comfortable as you can get.